Greetings, weary wanderer, and welcome back to another edition of Lonely TTRPG, the solo actual play and review podcast. This week, we are playing Eco Mofos by David Blandy. That's right, David Blandy is back on the channel. This guy makes great games that don't seem to miss so far. I am excited about checking this one out. We've already reviewed him with Lone Eons. You can check that out in one of our earlier editions. But we are older and wiser now, and we are definitely here to check out our post-human punked-up roleplay. Now, apologies for the delay on release for this, because after all, this is a massive game. This took me a little longer to go through than I thought it would. So, right up front, we have our credit page, which we're going to stop on for just a minute, because this game is taking a lot of elements in it that make for a unique experience. We have Into the Odd and Karn as some of our base experience. We're also using 24XX Notes, Bite sized Dungeons. The solo rules for this are provided by Chaocalypse. And some great art being provided by Aaron Couture, Chaocalypse, and Daniel Locke. And of course, some excellent writing and themes by David Blandy himself. Introduction, Ecomofos is a mid-future cyber ecopunk ruin-delving survival game. As player characters, or punks, seek a safe homestead to start a new community. Around 200 years ago, everything went to shit. The wealthy who created this mess fucked off to Mars while the lucky ones hid in a vast underground bunkers. We were left to fend for ourselves on the surface, eking out an existence in the broken world they left behind, searching for remnants of a past world to help us survive, searching for a place to call home. For a group of misfits who have found each other in the wastes and ruins of the fallen world. The past is just a hazy legend, the story scattered over thousands of USB sticks and servers, but the future is there to be written. Now really we're only going to go over some of the gameplay basics here. After all, again, this has a large book to it, about 76 pages worth of rules, tables, and backdrops. So for our basic rules, if we are attempting to do something trivial, you succeed. If an action is risky or failure would be interesting, we will roll to make a save, which means we need to roll equal to or under our relevant ability score on a d20. If we have disadvantage, we will roll twice, taking the worst roll. If we have advantage, we roll twice, taking the better roll. HP or hurt protection cushes damage in combat. Once lost, damage depletes your strength. Surprise damage always depletes strength. And if any strength is lost, save against your new strength or you are down. So the world is broken up into... The Waste, The Ruins, and Hidden Silos, Havens, and Bunkers. So the Waste feels endless, but people gather around shared resources. Only the punks dare to seek a world beyond. Ruins haunt the land and remnants of a past life. And our Hidden Silos, Havens, and Bunkers hold secrets and promises, and maybe some answers. We do not know much about the before times. However, punks have seen glimmers of the old life. Many legends exist and all have an element of truth. For the people, they are divided into the wasters, the corpos, the bandits, and the punks. The wasters just want to survive. They obey the corpos and fear the bandits. 
Their corpos want control and keep a fragile hold on the wasters. After all, what is a good punk game without the corpos being the villains? The bandits know the world is broken, so life means nothing anymore. And the punks are the outsiders who inspire strong emotions. In addition, you have hermits, elders who have adapted, able to see glimmers of the past and future. They can see urgent horror, looming threat, and blissful visions of a better world. They share these visions with the punks, seeing them as strange kindred spirits. And the ultimate goal is a new glade. Our glade has been destroyed by the corpos, which has sent us out into the wastes. But we have seen the glade in our dreams and visions given during our first adaptation. A place for a better life, free from want, free from fear. A place to build a new society. It is our obsession, our goal, that defines every small action. Wasters think it's a fairy tale. We know it's real. So picking your punk, who are you? Alright, so for stats, we have strength, dexterity, willpower, and luck. Strength is your body. Dexterity, how well you can dodge and sneak. Willpower, how well you can focus under emotional and physical duress. And luck, the fickle finger of fate, which is everything else. For metacurrency, we have juice, which is a small solid deposit of essence, warm to the touch. It is a concentrated fragment of magical force used as currency, but can also be consumed in lieu of food and water. However, consumption brings with it the risk of a burden. So burdens are the emotional debts that must be paid in specific ways. If risking a burden, make a will save. Taking a burden deemed by the GM or selected at random. Three burdens at any time and you are treated as though you have zero HP. And then finally, we have adaptations. During the adventure, if the correct key item is found, you can choose to gain an adaptation. To adapt your body is physically and mentally draining. Each time you do, take a burden, but you will also become more resilient. Add one to your HP, then roll a d20 for strength, dex, and wisdom. If the result is higher than the ability, it increases by 1 to a maximum of 18. If none of your ability increases, then your luck increases by 1 to a maximum of 9. As for some of the other stuff, we have trade. Currency is in shots of juice, commonly referred to as shots, juice, or simply J. Almost all trade takes place through barter with goods roughly equivalent values and a good deal of persuasion. Supply is an abstract item representing basic gear and costs 1G. At any time during a session, a PC may trade a supply they carry for any simple commonly available item, which they then note in their inventory. A supply can also be used to repair damaged pieces of armor or weapon given time. For wear and repair, if a 1 is rolled during combat, the weapon gains wear. The weapon now rolls with disadvantage. Roll another one and the weapon is broken. If the opponent rolls max damage on your armor, that gains wear. If it gains wear again, it becomes broken. Now, of course, unarmored attacks ignore this rule. You do not have to worry about your hand breaking off and no longer being usable. Now, we've talked about supply and trade, so now we have to talk about inventory. We only have 10 inventory slots. Most items take one slot to carry, but some slots, like weapons, armor, or orbs, can take up to two slots. Burdens take up one slot. Loot and stuff. Stuff is everywhere in this ruined world. Most of it is useless, but some of it is interesting. Certain areas may contain certain stuff. Corpo compounds likely have new stuff. An abandoned shopping mall is likely to have old stuff. A hurriedly departed camp is likely to have stuff. 
In each of these cases, roll once using a D66, that is 2D6. On the relevant table, to give attention to an item of note, if unsure or if it's an interesting area, roll the full D66 table and see what you get. As you travel, you can collect ingredients, particularly in the wilderness, though they do turn up all over the place. Inside a moldy fridge, growing in the embers of a fire, or wherever you can find. These ingredients can be combined through alchemy or cooking. At a stronghold, there is someone who can do it for you in exchange for something. Combine any three ingredients, roll for the result. This combination is now fixed in your game, so make note of it. And then there's a very interesting ingredients table. So as you're going through, you can roll your D66 in order to determine what ingredients you find. And once you have three of those, you can attempt to combine them and roll on your D66 again, and that will give you what it is. And then it gives a name and that becomes locked in. So for example, if you roll for finding an apple, a radish, and a horn, you can combine those and then you randomly roll and let's say you get something called fear blood. Well, that is now how you make fear blood. And then of course there are massive tables for the different types of stuff you can find. So onto the actual gameplay, all right? First you have saves. A save is a roll to avoid danger from a risky action. Roll a d20. If your roll is equal or under the appropriate ability score, you pass. One is always a success. 20 is always a failure. We talked about advantage and disadvantage earlier. Again, advantage, roll twice, take the better score. Disadvantage, roll twice, take the worst score. Burning luck. Luck is a special attribute. Punks can decrease or burn it to modify a strength, dex, or will save, adding or removing the amount spent from the roll result. Punks can't benefit from a critical success this way. So if you roll a 2, you cannot burn luck to get a critical success. Sometimes you will be invited to test your luck to see if the guard is looking the wrong way, if there's a turn in the weather, or another moment of uncertainty. If the result is less than or equal to your current luck, you are lucky and better things will happen than if you had been unlucky. If you're lucky, you will lose one luck point, And if unlucky, you will gain one luck point. Now, when things turn violent, it is broken up into turns, actions, and attacks. For turns, generally the players will take their turn before any enemies. If there is a risk of being surprised, characters must roll a deck save or be unable to act on the first turn. On their turn, players can act in any order they wish. Actions. On your turn, you can move and perform an action. An action can be anything from negotiating, attacking, or fleeing. Attacks are detailed shortly. For other actions, you can roll the at-risk character to save. For example, an attempt to trip an opponent might force them to pass a strength save to stay on their feet, while an attempt to trick an opponent into surrender may force them to pass a will save or lower their arms. For attacks, attackers roll a die dictated by their weapons and subtract the opponent's armor score. Their attack causes this much damage. Ranged weapons roll damage in melee, but only hit if the dice shows at maximum. And then we have some various descriptions on the different type of damage. Blast. Blast weapons cause damage to all targets in an appropriate area, rolling separately for each. 
For damage, when an individual takes damage, they lose that many HP. If they have no HP left, they are wounded, and any remaining damage is removed from their strength. They must then pass a strength save to avoid going down. When down, a character is unable to take further action until they are tended to by an ally and have a short rest. If they are left for an hour without being tended to, they die. Now there is magic in here. Gaia has awakened magic. And characters can use magic by focusing it through an orb's power as a normal action. Though it requires risking a burden. So if your punk is a magic user, then they risk a burden. However, if they are not a magic user, they automatically take a burden. Now, there are certain things that will affect your ability scores. For example, we already talked about strength. If your strength goes down to zero, you die. If your dex or will go down to zero, you are either paralyzed or delirious and cannot act until they have a full rest. Now, if your punk dies, tough luck. You got to create a new punk. And that is just how it is. There's also a morale mechanic. So a group will require a will save to avoid being routed when they lose half of their total numbers. Groups with a leader may use the leader score in place of their own. Lone combatants must pass this save when they are reduced to zero HP. This applies to opponents and allies, but not to punks. Fleeing to safety under pursuit requires a deck save and somewhere to withdraw to. For your rest, you have short rest and full rest. A short rest is a few minutes and a swig of water, recovering all of your lost HP. A full rest requires a week of downtime at a comfortable location and restores all ability scores. So those will be definitely things to take into consideration. All right, do you need the XP and try to push on a little bit? Or do you go back to the last safe place and take a week? Now, finally, we're going to talk about time. Time is tracked using three measurements, round, turn, and hour. So a round is 10 seconds used during combat. A round is enough time for a PC to perform an action. A turn is 10 minutes used when exploring an adventuring site. A turn is enough time for a party of punks to search a dungeon room, pick a lock, or do any other significant activity. Each turn, the GM will roll a D6. On a result of one, an encounter occurs and you roll on the random encounter table to determine the nature of the encounter. And then hours are one hour in game. Used when traveling the world. It is enough time for the party to hunt for food or explore the area around them. Each hour, roll a d6 to determine if a random encounter occurs. To travel one map point at the day scale takes two hours. Now for the scales... That is part of the actual gameplay loop. So it is important to remember that Ecomofos is a game of exploration, discovering the wastelands and pockets of recovery, seeking a secluded glade to call your home. This is designed as a point crawl adventure, working with a set of pre-generated maps that are stocked with different elements for each location. Locations are given in three scales. Weak scale, a series of locations connected by routes showing the lay of the land, Moving between each point takes a day, adventuring through the journey environment. The day scale, featuring overground locations where each map covers roughly a day's travel, and the hour scale, featuring indoor and underground locations where each map covers roughly an hour's exploration. So to start at the week scale, 
You're going to draw a small circle on the map and mark this as your home ruins. This is where your previous glade was that got destroyed. You're going to draw a line up leading north and a similar circle. You're going to roll some dice to determine what the new location is and what type of terrain you have there, as well as how many days travel it will take. At each stage, you're going to describe what you imagine this place is like. And don't forget to do your rolls while you are doing that. At the day scale, each day's travel is divided into points, each roughly two hours a distance, representing moments in the journey. You can roll on the maps table for a map of the area or devise your own. Each point, roll for a new environment for your journey terrain. The exit point marks the location or way through to another day's travel in this terrain. So for a basic map, the simplest map follows a basic pattern. The first point is the entrance. Roll for the environment. Roll for sparks to add extra flavor. The second point is a feature. Roll for a new environment and feature. A strange or interesting place in the journey. The third point is a hazard. Roll for a new environment and hazard. A being or environment that must be negotiated with care. And the fourth point is the possibility of some extra loot. And to end the game, once the party have befriended a hermit in the hermit stronghold, roll for location on the weak scale on a d4 instead. Once you find a glade, you can choose to end the game building a new community. There are also rules for factions and how the factions can also play into this. We are not going to go into those because that is already getting way too complicated for this particular format. However, be advised that factions exist and if you want to include factions in your game, that they have goals and everything that they want to do as well. Now, Ecomofos is designed to be played as a group. However, as we said, there are solo rules, solo rules that were developed by Chaocalypse. Getting into those, you are going to start by making a map just like you normally would. Once you have defined your crossroads from your home ruins, use the maps table for maps of subsequent areas on the week scale, journeying to them using the maps table for maps on a day scale. You will meet characters, have encounters, and possibly run into factions if you are playing with that. Once an area is traveled through, mark it as visited, note down any changes. Did you take loot? Did you meet someone friendly? Any of these areas can now be traveled through again at double speed. Now, because you're playing solo, you are going to need a lot more NPCs. There are random tables to help build that. And you will run into these NPCs as you travel. But you're going to meet them not just on the random tables, but also anytime you come to a waster or punk stronghold. Anytime you meet an NPC or reach a waster or punk stronghold, roll an NPC using the table. If they are not hostile, they could have a job for you. The vast arrays of table randomized point maps will help, but there will be times when you are unsure of the element of the story as it unfolds. In this case, you can roll the world, which is what they are calling their oracle. So if you're unsure what will happen in your narrative in a particular situation, you might have to test it against the world. Make sure you phrase your question so that a result of yes is positive. Then you are going to roll 2d20 as a luck save against the world. The dice represent both circumstances and blind luck. Compare them against your luck score. Now, if either of those D20s is a 1, that is an automatic yes and. 
However, if either of those is a 20, that is an automatic no but. Now, if you roll both a 20 and a 1, then chaos ensues as you get a yes and no. So have fun with that. And the oracle is broken up into no but, no yes, but, yes, and yes and. For no but, that is a failure to beat or match your luck with both dice. No is a failure to beat your luck with one dice, match with the other one. So if your luck is 9 and you roll a 9 and a 10, then you matched one and failed one, so that is just a no. Yes, but you beat your luck score on one dice but fail on the other. Yes is you beat your luck score on one dice and match on the other. So that means that if your luck is a 9 and you roll a 9 and an 8, that means that you beat one and match the other, so that would be a yes. And then a yes and is you beat your luck on both dice. Now, fairly obvious, no means negative, yes means positive. A but means a negative unforeseen consequence, and an and means an additional positive consequence. Now, because this is a luck roll, remember when you are rolling the world, if you succeed, deduct one from your luck score. If you fail, add one to your luck score. So in addition to the rolling the world oracle, there's also a general oracle that provides you with some prompt questions if you're just looking for some way to go. Because after all, sometimes you need an idea about the situation, location, or person you're encountering. If you do, consult the oracle table rolling a D66 and interpreting the results. If you need more clarification, roll again and combine. So that is the basics on that. So now we are going to transition to our gameplay. So first things first, we have to roll for our ability scores, which is going to be a 2d6 plus 3 for each score. So starting out with strength, we got a 9. Dex, we got a 10. And for will... We got a nine. Now for luck, we're going to roll 2d6 plus three and have the total rounding up. So hopefully our luck is going to be better than any of these other scores. Mm. So that was a raw of seven. So our luck is four. I have a feeling we're going to be getting a lot of no's and quickly jump our luck up. All right, next up, we need to roll a d66 for our starting adaptation. And to help us determine what we actually are. And once again, that D66 just means that you're rolling 2D6. And you're going to read it just like it was an actual thing. So I rolled a 4 and a 3. So that is a 43. So 4 gives me a rogue thief. That also gives me a starting HP of 4. We also have four juice, as that is what our luck is. So that's what that starts out with. All right, so rogue. So going to the rogue page, they don't actually have thief listed. They do have hustler. So we're going to switch ourselves to a rogue hustler, as that is the same as I rolled. Now, they are kickstarting for a new version of this game. Hopefully, that will be something that gets picked up during the editing process. 
All right, so the hustler is gonna give us the key item of a finger implant. Test luck to have something small and useful in your pocket. Has advantage on lock picking and ledger domain. And for our starting items, we have a blaster, a fine knife, a padded cloak, a balaclava, a Kevlar jacket, and an elegant jumpsuit. And as I can wear a cloak over a jacket, we're gonna say that combines to give me an armor of two. So I have an armor of two and an HP of four. Now all we need is a name for our punk, which is just gonna be Stash. After all, we are very creative here. We actually are, and you can see some of that creativity on display in any of the games that we've developed. Go check out the links down below. But now we have our rogue, we have our punk established, and all we have to do is figure out what we shall do. So we're going to start off with our home. So starting off with our map building, we're going to go northeast, southwest, rolling 1d3 or a d6 divided by 2. And to the north, we have a lair. To the east, a bunker. To the south, another bunker. And to the west, we have another lair. Now, once again, we're going to go northeast, southwest, and we're going to determine travel time. So our northern lair is three days. Our eastern bunker is one day. Our southern bunker is three days. And our western lair is one day. Finally, once again around the horn, rolling a D6 to determine the terrain. So northern lair is wilderness. Our eastern bunker is ruins. Our southern bunker is in the wastelands. And our western lair is also in the wastelands. All right, so I think we're going to take the one day travel to the bunker. Go check out those ruins over there. See what we can scavenge and what lies beyond that way. So we've determined that a day lasts eight hours, which breaks down into four points. Four points. In addition to that, that will be eight chances at random encounters. So I'm just going to start off by rolling 8d6 to see if we have any random encounters that happen this day. No, no random encounters. Now I'm going to roll for the different point maps we can use. So there are some pre-generated point maps in here. And in order to determine which of those maps to use, you start by flipping a coin, then rolling a D6. So I'm gonna roll a 1D2 and a 1D6 four times because I am using digital dice and I can do that. Now, the way these point maps work that they have generated for you is a blank circle will be a safe spot. If it has an exclamation point, that will be a hazard. And if it has a dollar sign, that will be potential loot. And a minor correction to all of that, you're actually only going to roll up for one of the maps as each point on the map represents two hours. So for each point, we will roll up a new environment based on the terrain tables and then whatever we potentially find there.
So starting off with our entrance point, we are in ruins. So that'll be a simple D20 roll. We got 19 in the middle of the ruins, a valley of deep forest. So we seem to be surrounded by some forest. And in this forest, I will say that I see three game trails. And I'm going to go ahead and go to the south. I'm going to go straight south. And there is a hazard and loot indicated. So let's resolve the hazard first. So rolling our D20, we got 13 for our hazard. A massive gas leak, intensely flammable. So I'm going to roll the world on this. Is this gas leak hazardous to me? And I need to roll under a 4 with 2D. And I failed both of them. So I got a 5 and a 7. Now, the bright side, that means my luck increases. But the downside is I got no but. So already I phrased my question wrong. It should not be, is the, is the gas hazardous? It's, is the gas benign to me? And I got no but. So not only is the gas hazardous, but I'm going to say that I will have to make this save at disadvantage. So we're going we're gonna to do a save to see how well we respond to this gas. And this will be a straight strength save, but it will be a strength save at disadvantage. Mm, six and a 14. So that means I failed. Now, damage in this sense can range from a D4 to a D12. We're going to be a little nice to ourselves and just do a D4. So I'm going to take a D4 of damage. All right. And that will be going to my strength. So that was two points. My strength drops from nine to seven. But there is loot here. So what loot do I find? 14. I find an abandoned mobile home inside pristine. Roll 2d6 times on the d666 items table. So roll eight times on the 666 items table. And it's, yeah, we're just going to roll it eight times and then we will figure out what we found to. So for our first item, we got 663, which is roll for a key item. We will resolve that here in a minute. But then we got 412, which is a USB stick. 242, which is twisted rope knuckle dusters, which is a weapon but it doesn't seem to be any better than the weapons I have. So I'm just going to go ahead and leave that sitting there. Now we got four, six, five, which is a tourist guide to Milton keys it has no value. So we will leave that there. Not even going to worry about thinking about that. Five, five, two, which is a nano heal bot syringe. One use resource strength, dex or wisdom. Two, three, six, which is a huge spanner. And that does a D10 worth of damage. And finally, 635, which is roll for ingredient. All right, so we're definitely keeping this nano heal bot. Now we got to play the game of in inventory management. Luckily, the USB stick doesn't seem to take up any space. So we'll figure out what that here is, what that is in just a second. 
Pretty sure we're keeping the spanner because that is, that does a D10's worth of damage and everything I have does a D6. So definitely want to, definitely want to make sure that we are producing damage should we need it. The biggest drawback on the spanner is the fact that it takes up two slots. All right, let's, let's resolve this USB stick. So that's rolling 2d6. I have to do it at disadvantage. So we're going to roll 4d6 and we got 26 is the lower result. So that is going to be a huge collection of strange and mesmeric video files. And no, it is not strange adult videos. That is actually its own category. Let's see what our, let's see what ingredients we get. One, one is an acorn. And then for our key item, we got four, five, which is a shiny stone, a shiny stone, which would allow us to take the grifter adaptation. So now I need to decide if I want to keep the shiny stone by ditching one of my other items. And yeah, I think we're going to keep the shiny stone and we're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and ditch the balaclava just because of nothing else. This stone is worth 25 jewels. Yeah. If nothing else is worth 25 juice, that is way too valuable to pass up. All right. So now we're going to go ahead and continue on our way. We're going to head north again, back to the entrance point and then head north one more time. There is another hazard there. So rolling our 1d20 to determine our environment. We got four, which is a vast grassy plain. And now we get a feature to go with this environment. There are four options for this. So we're just gonna roll a 1d4 to see which one we get. Skeletons of a herd of animals strewn across the ground. So five skeletons strewn across the ground. And let's see what hazard we get for the area. 18, an ambush, half seen shape, distant noise, roll for crawler. All right, this is outstanding. Now we wanted to do some combat anyway. And the crawler we got is a gray ooze. Large blobs of gray ooze, a billion nanobots that stick to walls and ceilings attached by dropping on top of their victims. The nanobots infect both metal and wood along with the carrier, but cannot affect stone. Consumed flesh becomes more gray ooze, immune to all damage except fire, water, and electricity. Once stuck on a victim can only be removed if burned away. All right, so this is an ambush. And it's immune to everything except for fire, water, and electricity. None of my weapons do fire, water, or electricity damage. All right, so first let's make a deck save to see if I can act during the ambush. Mm, that is a crit fail. So no, I will not be able to act during this ambush. So this crawler is going to be able to strike out at me with its corroding touch which is a D8 plus a D10. And that is seven. My armor is going to take two of that. So that's 
five, my HP is four. So my HP is now zero. My strength goes from seven to six and I am wounded. So now I need to make a strength save in order to avoid going down. Which means I need to beat a six and I got a 10, so I am down. And as there is no one to save me, and especially because it's a gray ooze, it looks like Stash has died in the wilderness and ruins consumed by the gray ooze. And that is Ecomofos. So this is a this is a really fun game. I like this game. I like this game a lot. I really like the point buy system for for the crawl, for the exploration. You can tell that exploration was the key on this and it really shines with that. David did a really good job with the exploration mechanics. Now, there are some there are some minor confusions, some minor issues with some of the editing, but again, this this looks like the play test copy. It's not that big of a deal. It's very easy to get past, but this game is going to Kickstarter. There is a Kickstarter actively going on right now for a new version of this game. So I imagine any issues that you're gonna any issues you're gonna find with formatting in here will be corrected with the Kickstarter. But yeah, no, this is a brutal game. This is a lot more brutal than Lone Eons was. I, Lone Eons had a very similar exploration concept, but it was a lot easier to kind of skate by on some of the stuff with Lone Eons. This one, this one is definitely a lot more, a lot more brutal. And maybe it was just because I drew a horrendous creature to face by myself. But, you know, sometimes that's how the dice go. It was not fated for Stash to survive. But yeah, the exploration in here is really strong. The point system is great. I love how the map builds and expands out. It is a very wonderful way to generate the map. And the amount of tables that he has in here to help out with a lot of this stuff is also just amazing. Again, you have a D20 table for each of the three terrain types to provide the environment that you're going into and then any of the features that you might find in there and then the hazards and then the loot. So a lot of, definitely a lot of work, a lot of great stuff in here to pull from and draw from and make this just a, a wonderful game, just a great way to go out and explore and try something and it really, really shines with that. As far as how the other stuff manages to work out, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to run into anybody. But again, you know, sometimes the dice are with you and sometimes they aren't. It's been a very long time since I've played a solo game that has actually killed my character. So there is that. And it's exciting to see when that type of stuff happens. So definitely, definitely go check this out. Definitely go check this out. If you want to pick it up right now, you can find it on itch at davidblandy.itch.io slash eco-mofos. And of course, in the link down below. In addition to that, again, they are doing a Kickstarter. 
You can find the Kickstarter link on their itch page. We will also have that down below. But that Kickstarter should be going live in any day now. Yeah, that Kickstarter launches on the 27th, so in just about a week. So go check it out. Some of the things that they're hoping to do, they're hoping to get some more art for this. They are going to be breaking these solo rules out into its own zine so that it's not just kind of tacked on to the back. And yeah, it'll be the more complete version of the game as again, this is the beta. However, if you do want the beta, again, it is on itch. It is currently $10. But if you hurry, it is part of a solo bundle with three other games for just $15. So four total games by David Blandy for just $15. That includes Lone Eons, Babel, Ecomofos, and The Gathering Storm. So can confirm at least two of those games are amazing. The other two probably are as well. I have not gotten around to Babel yet, even though it is in my dusty stacks pile. But $15 for those games is great. You still have a little over a week in order to pick that up. However, if you are catching this after the Kickstarter and after the bundle, then Again, this is $10 to pick up, highly worth it. And if you do get it, make sure that you leave a like and a review on their page and let them know that Steel Stash sent you. And remember, I mustache y'all to stay awesome. This has been a Black Dragon Dungeon Company production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating with your podcatcher. It really helps get us out to more people and spreads our name out there. Or you can share us with a friend. Other ways you can help support the show is you can check out some of our products over on itch.io or DriveThruRPG. You can also join our Patreon to receive early access and have the opportunity to ask us any questions that you want. You can find us on Twitter at BDDC underscore pod. Or you can email us at BlackDragonDungeonCompany at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.